And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, send your greetings. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Today we do conclude our, our systematic study of the letter to Philemon. Uh, for those of you who've been walking with us over the few weeks, just a few weeks, we've seen just how powerful this brief and personal this, how brief and personal this letter really is. Uh, a personal plea from an imprisoned old man. Those are his words. He said that. I'm not, I'm not making a judgment there. He calls himself an old man. That's a personal plea from an imprisoned old man written to a wealthy Christ follower. So at one level, it's a discussion concerning Onesimus, a runaway slave, property that, that, that has been taken or has, has left um, uh, Philemon. Um, and it has come, this gentleman has come to Paul. Uh, how he came, it's, you know, how they came into association. Typically, as I shared uh, even in our small group study, uh, if, if I'm a slave and I run away, I'm running away. You're not about to see me. Uh, I'm running away. But he runs to Paul because somewhere along the line, the message that Paul had resonated to the degree that, uh, you know, he didn't know. I, he couldn't have known uh, that Paul wouldn't say, hey, well, you're Philemon's friend. If I go to you, there's a chance that I might get just, just you know, put back in chains and taken back to where I came from. But uh, that, didn't, that didn't happen. And so he ministers to Paul for a period of time and it came to be that Paul wants to send him back. So it's not a, just an issue of property and property restoration, but it's relational restoration. And not just restoration uh, at the old level. You know, it's, it would it, be one thing uh, like the, the, the parable that Jesus shared with the prodigal son, where the, the prodigal went back and he came back fully restored to sonship. He, was, he left as a son. He came back of us as a son. There was no diminishment in terms of his relationship. But in this case, uh, what Paul is doing, what he is setting up, uh, a person who was property, who was uh, uh, enslaved to someone, now comes back not as a slave. That would be restoration. But I'm going to blow this thing up. I'm going to, you're going to come back as a dear brother in Christ. And that is, that is altogether different. That's, that only can happen uh, in Christianity. That can only, all, behold, all the old things have passed away. Everything becomes new. So the last time we looked at the 17th uh, to the 21st verse uh, where we saw, so if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me, I. Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. See, see what Paul is doing, he's appealing to Philemon to consider the relationship they have. Oh, what type of relationship is it? He calls it a partnership. In the Greek, it's, it's koinonia. It's, 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 it's more than just, hey, handshake, pinky promise, that kind of, we're, we're business partners. No, no, this is, this is, 
this is along the lines of covenantal marriage is what he's talking about. This is, this is a deep relationship. So if you, if you fully grasp this is not a business or superficial relationship, if you understand what we have is a real spiritual connection, do me a favor. Welcome him as you would welcome me. Treat him as you would treat me. Love him as you would love me. See, if he was... If he was to do this, he could no longer relate to Onesimus as he had done previously. I can't, I can't relate to Paul. Paul was never a slave to Philemon. The roles were reversed. Paul was the, the, the teacher. Philemon was the pupil, wealthy pupil, but he was still the pupil. And now he's saying to Philemon, welcome Onesimus, just like you would do me. Put out the good linen. You know, don't hold back, you know, what we do. You know, certain people, you know, we put out the fluffy chairs. You know, it just, you know, it just, it, it, you know, you, you, you put out the fine china. It just, you know, but, and that's, those are for the special guests. See, and that's what Paul is saying. Treat him just like you would treat me. See, that's, that's the whole point. That's what new life in Christ does. We, we, we relate to one another differently. Why? because of some superficial construct that, uh, well, let me just act Christian. Well, my acting only carries so far. Then I get tired. But I act different because I am different. And that's where we, 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 we absolutely have to get to that point. You know, it's, you know, again, you've heard it, and I won't uh, dwell on that point. But, you know, I'll come to Christ. I'll come to church, typically what people say. I'll come to church when I take care of a few things and when I get it together. That day will never happen. That day never happens. You may show up, but uh, I, I'll bet you the 20 bucks that I keep talking about that you'll, you'll, you'll float away sooner rather than later because your coming is predicated on, on, on you being good. You know, you can, you can only pull that off. For me, I keep telling you, it's 30 seconds and it's getting shorter. You know, it's, 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 it's not that long. Right. See, but in Christ, I can do all things. I can be nice when I don't feel like being nice. I can be loving when I want to be angry. And again, you know, it's like when I, when I know I should be, the, the mark in me should like, hey, you need to react. Holy Spirit is just like, no, you need to shut up. You, and, and, and if we yield to the Holy Spirit, then it's like, man, I don't know. I don't even know where that came from. Why am I, why, why am I acting this way? I need to punch that person in the nose and I don't even feel like it. You know, that, 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 that's where we act different because we are different. And so, again, I fully appreciate Paul isn't asking uh, Philemon for a cup of sugar. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I borrow, a, 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 you know, some, some vanilla? I'm making a cake or whatever. No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to do something that, that's radically out of your comfort zone. It's got to be. It's got to. You had property that was income producing. Again, as I shared last time, pull from your 401k and, and give it to something else. Do something else with it. No, you wouldn't do that. You won't even do, I won't even ask you because I know the answer is no. It, because if I, if I ask you, pull from your retirement account and give it to, uh, to the work of City Church. <laughs> I, 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 well, well, you know, I'll, I'll seek God on that. See, 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 see Paul, see, we'll, we'll get to that. Paul didn't ask uh, Philemon to pray about this. Yeah, he's like, look, this is what I want you to do. Uh, let me be very clear. We'll get into that in a second. So, and again, as I shared last time, without railing or protesting against the institution of slavery, he's essentially destroying its very foundation. 
He's not running around with a placard, you know, down with slavery. Or, you know, he's like, no, no, I'm telling you, treat this person who you had as property that was a slave just like you would uh, treat me, and I ain't a slave. So I'm destroying the very foundation. And it's like, let me even put my money where my mouth is. If, if he has taken anything from you, put it on my account. Literally, put it on my ticket. I got this. I, I got this. So like Christ, Paul is placing his reputation, his finances on the line to pay and to pave the way for not just a, a restoration of what was, but the creation of something new. See, receiving and restoring Onesimus would give some benefit to Paul in the Lord and would refresh his heart in Christ, just like he talked about in verse 7. You know, how, how Philemon was refreshing the hearts of, of other believers. He's like, so guy, OG, refresh the heart of an OG. You know, I, just, just do me this favor. Love on me. L- love on me. So how could, uh, how could uh, uh, Philemon... Uh, resists such an appeal. He knows he can't. That's why he said, uh, he closes, I know you will, leave, you will do even more than I'm asking. I'm, I'm, I just, I don't even, see, there are certain things. Now, now Mrs. Meeks may, may have something to say about it. You know, she, may, she may add something to it, but there are certain things. If she knows I need something, it's a, it's a wrap. It's a done deal. And you know you have, be it a spouse or someone close, you know that you have those relationships that if you pick up the phone, you know, it's not like you're looking at, you're, you're looking at, the, at, at, at the, the, the caller ID and it's like, oh man, Gene's calling. Oh no, no, I didn't get that message. No, no, put that. No, no, no. But, but, but there's certain, it's like, no, I'm getting that call. What do you need? Uh, well, you know, I, I'm in a situation right now. I need you to come down to the county jail. Okay, all right, I'm there. Well, don't you want to know? It doesn't matter what it is. I'm there. I'm, I'm there for you. I, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I've, we've got that relationship. So as we closed last time, Paul poured Christ into Philemon. And Paul knows that God, uh, even as Kiana was sharing, is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. More than I ask, more than I can imagine. I can imagine, I can imagine the Giants winning three championships in five years. That's a, you know, but, but, but more, more means more. More means more. What is it in your life that you just, I want more. I want more. I'm, I'm tired of settling for the same old fuzzy lollipop or piece of candy. You've seen that. You know, as they, you pull it out, it's like, man, the wrapper was off. And it's just, it, you think that's what God, that's the best God has for you? Seriously? It's like he's got a whole C's candy shop for you. See, more means more. What is it you want more of from God? I just, just name it. Throw it out there. Throw it out there in your, in, in your spirit. What more do you want? What is that more? More means more. So we're going to conclude, and we won't be very long, the the examination of this letter, starting at the 22nd verse, and it reads, And one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayer. So after all of this, after sharing his love both for Philemon and Onesimus, after destroying the, 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 const, the, the constructs that separate us and divide us, uh, after expressing his certainty that Philemon will do even more than he asks, he adds a P.S., a postscript. One more thing. 
prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored. Uh, I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Two things that are happening. Two, just at least two things. First, Paul, ever the teacher, is giving words for Philemon to pray. When I, when I, as, as I, as I grow older, I'm not old yet, but as I grow older, uh, when you, when a lot of you ask, Pastor, what, what can you, what can we pray for you about? I'm, I'm going to, if, and I'm not specific, call me on it. I don't want a general, uh, you know, as we like to say, I mean, I mean it's, it's okay, pray my strength in the Lord. Well, what does that mean? You know, I just, it's just, uh, pray that X, Y, or Z happens. Pray for this. This is what I'm fasting and praying for. Be it a facility, a job, a restoration of a relationship, uh, 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 recovery from drugs or alcohol. Uh, these are the, I'm praying, look, pray for this. And that'll help you even that when things turn around, you know, I've been praying for that, and you know what? That it, it happened. As opposed to, you just pray my strength in the Lord. Um, pray for me, is what Paul is saying. Pray for me. Pray that I am restored to your company. Essentially what he's saying is that I'm not leaving it up to you or to chance that you might get the prayer right. I'll show you what you should be praying for, and this is exactly what I want you to pray for. And second, Paul is also expressing a very clear expectation as to what he'd like to see happen. Prepare a guest room for me. Prepare a guest room for me. Okay, so, 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 so what's your point? There's no evidence, there is no evidence, scriptural or otherwise, that from the time Paul became in prison that he ever saw freedom again. Just the opposite. Just the opposite. That he, 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 I'm sure he prayed. Paul prayed for himself, I'm sure. He asked others to pray for his situation, I'm sure. Uh, but there's every indication that once he was imprisoned, he remained that way all the way to his death. But Paul asked for a room to be readied for his arrival in answer to Philemon's prayers. Um, this ought to cause all of us to reflect uh, a, a lot about prayer, about the purpose and the efficacy when you, when, you, when you kneel or when you bow, when you, whatever you do, what you do, when you pray, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. That's what we learn as kids. I learned that as a kid. I taught that to my own kids. Sadly, a lot of our prayers haven't advanced. We use different words, but they don't go much further than that that we don't understand the purpose, the power, and the point of prayer. Um, scripture tells us a lot about prayer. It's off script. It's unfortunate that we really get serious with God when all hell breaks loose in our life. That's usually, that's usually what it takes. And so when I'm on the receiving end of a call, and it's just like X, Y, and Z has happened, my immediate response was, and I'm not talking about what I would do, I'm talking about what I did. 
hang up the phone. This is so far beyond me. I can't even begin to fix it. So I dropped to my knees. And I said, God, you promised. I didn't make this stuff up. You said certain things would happen if I did certain things. This is what you said. But typically that only happens when all hell breaks loose in our life. Otherwise it's like, oh Lord, bless the food, don't let it kill me, I hope it tastes good, amen. That's prayer. At least that's what we pass it off as prayer. And we don't see it as, you know what you're about ready to do? You're about ready to commune with the spirit that speaks stuff into existence. Do you really grasp? No, we don't. I know our, our brains go tilt. We really, we really can't. But we don't even try and approach it that way. That we really come to the point of, of, of understanding what it is we're dealing with. So scripture tells us a lot about prayer. Let me, let me, Paul wrote to the church at Thessaloniki and he, and to, he said, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. And James writes that the prayer of the righteous person is powerful in what it can achieve. But we're talking about Paul right now. If you, you can't, I mean, that's a pretty righteous dude, right? You know, it's just like, if the prayers of the righteous accomplish a lot, if he can't get a prayer answered, what chance do I have? What, I mean, I've been praying, I've been fasting, and uh, see, but the problem is what I have found in my life, again, you guys are much better than I am, is that uh, I don't view my prayer, I view my prayer independently from God. See, I, 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 well, what do you mean? Uh, isn't that who we direct our prayers to? Uh, well, good question. I'm not sure. We say prayer changes things. Actually, God changes things. It's not prayer. God uses the vehicle of prayer to communicate with us, but it's God who does the praying. Unfortunately, too often, my prayers are almost an independent activity disassociated from God himself. Pastor Meeks, I can't believe you're saying that. I'm just telling you what happens. This is the time for prayer, so let's say some words. But if we understand that what I am doing is, I, see, see I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to go up to someone and say, well, this is right now, I'm getting up and I'm getting ready to talk to, to Pam. It's like, well, why do you have to say all that? You know you're talking to Pam. But because I don't see God, he's a spirit, since I don't see him, it's, it's like, oh, this is an activity and I'm just throwing it out there, hoping something sticks. Let me just throw some, throw some words out into the cosmos and maybe some goodness will, some, some, some particles will float back down on me and it'll come, it's like, no, do you know? I'm not talking to Pam, but when I pray, I'm talking to God. I'm really talking to God. I don't think we do. 
but uh, maybe you do, and uh, uh, you know, I'm getting better. So, 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 so we must see the necessity and the, the efficacy of prayer through the lens of the sovereignty of God and his plan, as the old saints would say, according to his will and his way. You know, let him have his way, you know, according to his will and his way. And we say that and it rolls off our tongue. And it, it really, uh, I, uh, but what does that mean? Unpack that. See, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth how it was a result of God's grace and love that his prayer, that it, that, that, uh, it was the result that his prayer wasn't answered. Not because, as often as we think, it's a lack of God's love. God, Paul prayed to, to, to God to relieve him from a situation he calls a thorn in the flesh, some malady, some, some situation. But God said no. I thought you said the prayers of the righteous accomplishes a lot. It does. But he didn't get an answer the way he wanted. No, he didn't. As he wrote, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head. How many of us pray in that context? You know, Lord, I, I, I'm praying this, but don't let me get the big head. We don't mind the big head. We don't mind all eyes on me. We don't. We, we don't. He said, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. A lot of times, things come into your life because otherwise, there'd be no, you would have no reason to go to God. Life is good. What I need to call him up for? Let me just keep living my life and doing my thing. And God's like, I need to send a plague your way so I can at least talk to you. I need a little FaceTime with you. Well, Lord, why is this happening? Why is this happening? What's your prayer life like? What's your, what's your relationship with God look like? What's, what's that look like? So, so, I, so these things come in our life. So, so, so I was given a gift. <laughs> I was given the gift. I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. I was given a gift of a situation so I can be in right relationship with God. Satan's angels did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger of then of walking around high and mighty. At first I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then, guess what he told me? My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Paul goes on to write, once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and, appreciate, and began to appreciate the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving it in on my weakness. Now I take my limitations in stride with, a, with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size. Abuse, accidents, oppositions, bad breaks. See yourself in there anywhere along the line? I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I got, the stronger I became. That's the point and purpose of prayer. To bring us in right relationship with him. Well, what about us? What about the things we're fasting and praying over? Family, jobs, facility, uh, finance, health. Do we see them as opportunities to draw us nearer to God, or are they just simply obstacles to leap over? Yep, get this thing out of my way. You know, it's like, Lord, I'm going through this. It's not pleasant. What am I supposed to learn from this? What are you trying to teach me? 
what are you saying? What I'm saying is how we see and relate to the issues of life is a direct, a direct reflection of how we see and relate to God himself. The stuff that comes into your life, that comes into my life, how we see and relate to that directly relates to how we see and relate to God. Are these opportunities to draw me nearer to him? See? Uh, what's your point? I'm almost done. The point is God's grace trumps and is preferred over our comfort. God's grace is to be preferred over our comfort, or as Gail would say, God is infinitely, infinitely more interested in your holiness than your happiness. We're, we're focused on happiness. God's focused on holiness. What do I need to do to bring you to me? What, what do I, do I and, and it almost seems like an amplification of issues. It's like, well, I tried this, didn't get your attention. Well, let me, let me amp it up. It just still didn't get your attention. Let me amp it up again. It's like, what, 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 what? It's like, I'm trying to get your attention. At some point, though praying fervently and expectantly, Paul had to understand what God's plan was for his life as he wrote to his son in the ministry uh, in 2 Timothy uh, when, he, when this is believed to be probably his last letter. And he's, he's writing his swan song. And he says, I'm already, he's not dead yet, he's writing it. He says, but I'm already being poured out like a sacrifice to God, a drink offering. Uh, and the time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and kept the faith. And the last champion's wreath that is awarded for righteousness is waiting for me. I know what I want and what I would like to have. But I also understand what God has ordained and allowed in my life. And instead of fighting it and, and shaking my fist against God and claiming he doesn't love me, I embrace it. I know this is, this, is, this, is, this is not pleasant stuff because we want comfort. We don't want, we, do, we want comfort. And Paul is like, no, no, no. I'm drawing nearer, ever nearer to him. And, and, and I am increasing. My relationship with God is ever increasing. Even as death comes near. I know Paul would want to get out. Who wouldn't want to be out of that situation? Jesus Christ said, Lord, God, if there's a plan B, now would be a good time to reveal it. I don't want to go through what I'm about ready to go through. I don't want to do it. But, nevertheless, if this is the only way it has to be done, I'm down for it. I know that's Mark's translation. Not my will, your will be done. So, Paul concludes the letter. Epaphras. My fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. Real brief, not too much is known about Epaphras. He's definitely not as known as Paul because he's not Paul, but he's in prison. And in the letter to the church at Coloss, Paul writes, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends his greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. That's pretty much all we know about old Epaphras. But he's in prison with Paul. Uh, why, I don't know, this is the way my brain works. So, God, why is 
Paul and Epaphras in prison and the others are not? Why did God deal this way? Why did one person preach the gospel and gets to go home and, is, and, and, is, and, and the other one is in jail getting ready to get executed? Well, what's the deal with that? God, uh, can you explain that uh, to me? Is God arbitrary? Is he random? Is, is he just capricious? No, just the opposite. Uh, imagine going to Macy's, and I promise I'm almost done. Imagine going to Macy's and you go and it's like all the clothes look the same. All the sizes are the same. And you go there and it's like, okay, if you're a lady, it's like, okay, here's your dress. And for you, it's just this bag. It's like, this doesn't fit me. Someone else, it's so tight, it's like, I can't breathe. It's the same thing with men in suits. See? It, it, it's, it's like that times infinity plus one with God. How do you know that? Because he's bothered to count the number of hairs on your head. Doesn't take too long with me. Takes a longer time with you. What's the point of counting hairs on a head? The writer is letting you know that there is no detail about your life that God doesn't know, isn't fully aware of what's going on in your life. I'm feeling overwhelmed. The job's got me down. Issues, kids got me down. Life's got me down. What, you think God's asleep? He doesn't see that? He knows that. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. But he also wants a relationship with you. I can, I can, I can speak things into existence. I can magically, I just wonderfully, just, just, just fix everything the way we define fixing. But what I really want is a relationship with you. The last verse reads, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. At the end of it all, Paul blesses Philemon, his household, with a desire that grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be embedded in their spirit. Not just a one and done thing, but blessing that goes on and on, the blessing that never ends. So what are we to make of Paul's correspondence? Uh, what a letter. What a letter. I don't think, if, if you've been with us, you'll never look at this 25 verses the same. I know, it's just little 25 verses. You blow right through it. It's just like easy speasy. You know, it's just nothing to it. But this is an incredible letter that speaks to not just the issue of slavery. It speaks to what it means to be a Christ follower. It speaks to what it means to be in relationship with one another. That's what it means. So what does it mean after today, later on this afternoon? I don't know. See, we take the information, we apply it to our hearts, and then we live it out. That's up to us. That's up to us. How do we live this thing out? Let's pray.